Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening, our gospel reading, Mark 14, 26 to 52, especially verse 36. And Jesus said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, not what I will, but what you will. Well, what do you will? Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't really talk that way, do you? Not anymore. What do you want? What do you desire? What is your will? I love it when the preschoolers are learning the Lord's Prayer. They betray all of us. When we get to this third petition in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done, that's a foreign phrase. If you listen carefully, almost all of them are saying, my will be done. It's true, isn't it? Isn't that really what we want? Just like those commercials for all those people with annuities, right? It's my money. I want it now. We want what we want, and we want it now. The thought of submitting to someone else's will is completely foreign to our heart, our mind, the very fabric of our being. And yet, that's what Jesus teaches us to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those words come off our mouths so easily in the Lord's Prayer, and yet, so often, we're really praying like the preschoolers. Instead of me bending my will to the will of God, God, I want you to bend your will so that my will can be done. Luther teaches us in the Catechism that the good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in the faith and word until we die. This is his good and gracious will. The will of God is that our evil will, purpose, plans, and desires be crushed and broken. Ouch. 
We don't think about that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, do we? We pray that our will, our sinful will, our evil will, our evil passions and desires would be hindered and broken. We're asking God to break all of our false idols and instead keep us firm and secure in His will, His word, in the faith until we die. I asked the catechism students, what is the good and gracious will of God? And they will respond that God's name be hallowed and his kingdom come. Comes right, right out of Luther's catechism. God's word, Paul's letter to Timothy, says that the good and gracious will of God is that all people believe in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. All of this, my will versus thy will, is played out before us in our words, in our text from Matthew 14. Mark 14, excuse me. Jesus had set his face resolutely toward Jerusalem. He had told the people, the disciples, anyone who would listen, why he was going there. The Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinners. He will be mocked, beaten, arrested, crucified, and on the third day rise from the dead. He made no secret about this. And now, the Passover meal was complete. Jesus and the disciples head to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Jesus teaches them further what they are to expect as the minutes and hours unfold. But the disciples will, will hear nothing of it. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. It was the will of Peter not to fall away. It was the will of Peter to show up all of the other disciples. It was the will of Peter to be in charge. Yeah, e even if all those guys fall away. Not me. That was the will of Peter. And then all of the other disciples chimed in. They did not want to betray or fall away. Their sincere will and desire was to be faithful. To follow Jesus. Peter said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. More on Peter and Jesus next week. They went to this garden called Gethsemane. Jesus takes the inner circle of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and they go a little farther. Jesus has a simple request. Stay awake. Pray. 
And Jesus goes off by himself just a little bit farther. The weight of the sin of the world is closing in on, closing in on him. It is crushing him. The disciples want to be faithful to Jesus. They want to obey this simple command that Jesus gives them, but they can't. They huh, doze off and they fall asleep. You see, wanting to do the will of God isn't enough. We don't have the inner strength or the inner power to do what we will when that will is not from our evil passions and desires. Seems like we always find the strength and the will to do that, don't we? Jesus begins to pray. My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Going a little farther, he fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. What is this hour that Jesus is talking about? The hour of the power of darkness. The hour of Satan. The hour when the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. When the Son of Man is mocked, ridiculed, beaten. When the Son of Man, Jesus himself, is nailed to an old rugged cross, crucified naked for all to mock and jeer at. The Son of Man, Jesus, stoned, cold, dead. Jesus is praying that if there be any other way to save the world from sin, now, now, Father, now is the time. Take this cup from me. What cup is he talking about? The cup of wrath. The cup of wrath that God has talked about all through the pages of Scripture. The cup of wrath, God's wrath, God's righteous wrath, God's holy wrath for the sin of the world. The cup that Jesus is to drink, not just sip from, but to drink full and complete, dregs and all. The cup of wrath that we deserve. The cup of wrath that has been kindled by our sin, by our idolatry, by our weak and perverse wills and desires. Can you blame Jesus? He knows what is ahead of him. It's not a surprise. It's not an accident. He knows that the Father has sent him to suffer and die for the sin of the world. Jesus, true God and true man, looks at what lays before him and he begs and he pleads with the Father for another way. Jesus says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. 
Isn't that how we pray too? All things are possible for you, God. Give me a good job. All things are possible for you, God. Let me win the lottery. All things are possible for you. Take away my cancer, my heart disease, my limp. All things are possible for you, Lord. Wipe out evil in this world and establish world peace. Come on, God. Do your thing. I want what I want. And I want it now. The next words from Jesus are some of the most beautiful, the most profound, the most difficult in all of Scripture. Jesus says, yet not what I will, but what you will. We almost choke on those words, don't we? We pray those words. Oh, when a loved one is sick, if it be your will, oh Lord, let grandma or grandpa or cousin Billy get better. It's almost like we're giving God an out. To pray that our will would be broken and hindered so that the will of God would be accomplished. Not my will, Jesus says, but your will, Abba Father. What is the will of the Father? The will of the Father is to crush Jesus. The will of the Father is to pour out all wrath for all sin, for all people, on His Son. That is the will of the Father. Did you hear those words in our Old Testament reading? The suffering servant song from Isaiah 52 and 53. 53 verse 10. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He, God, has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for sin. The will of the Father is to crush Jesus instead of crushing you. The will of the Father is to pour out the cup of wrath on Jesus instead of you. The will of the Father is to crush Jesus and save you. My friends, there is no sweeter gospel in all of Scripture. Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, freely and willingly obeys the will of the Father. He knows why. He knows what it will entail. And he freely and willingly allows himself to be arrested 
is, was the will of Judas to get rich. It was the will of Judas to betray his rabbi. It was the will of Peter, once again, to pull out his sword with bravado and show what a great disciple he was. Finally, the will of the disciples was to scatter, to save their own hide, to skedaddle. My friends, what do you want? What do you really want? God's word is clear. He teaches us what he wants. He wants you to believe the good news of a suffering servant, Jesus for forgiveness, life, and salvation. God wants you to submit to the will of the Father, to hear his word, and to love one another. God wants you to die in the faith, whether that's in a few weeks, or a few months, or a few decades. God's desire is for all people to believe the good news. The world, Satan himself, and our sinful flesh will do anything and everything to assert its own will instead of and even above the will of God revealed to us in his pure and holy word. Tonight, dear friends, for all of the times when what we wanted was contrary to the word of God, for all of the times when we did not want what God wanted for us, for all of the times when we lived and prayed and spoke, my will be done. For all of the times we have closed our ears and our hearts to the word of God and his clear will for us. My friends, for all these sins and more, Jesus Christ obeying the will of the Father, has bled and died for you. He has risen victorious over sin, death, and the grave for you. He has delivered the deliverance to you in the waters of holy baptism. He places in your mouth the very body and blood that was crucified and risen for you so that you would be nourished and sustained for the journey. And he continues to love you, to guide you, to nourish you, and to teach you his will for your life. My friends, tonight, rejoice and give thanks for Jesus' obedience 
to the will of the Father for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our wills. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.